1: Log Talk Radio. that theme music. It's the same music that Candace Owens show uses, but we did not coordinate. I'm sure she didn't listen to my show before she found that out. And by the time I heard it on her show, she was already using it. So uh, I was already using it. So I'm pretty sure I didn't copy from her and she didn't copy from me. We just both have really good taste. Uh, <laughs> good evening. Um, welcome to um, the, Welcome to the podcast. Um, the, the, um, the name of the show this giving is I'm still standing 11 years in County. Uh, I wanted to talk about a little bit about, you know, cause a lot of times you, people don't know how you get there. You know, how, how, have you been here? How long have you been doing this? You know, they do some research. They find out, find out here that I've done over 2,500 podcasts here on blog talk radio. And they go, damn, damn. They go, yeah, yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. And, um. So from time to time, I think it's probably a good idea to go over it and let people know uh, what the deal has been. I started back at March of two thousand eight. Um, I think it was May twenty, March twenty fifth was was the date of my first show. I'm here on Wall Talk Radio, and it's been and it's been more than eleven years since, uh, and I'm still here. Um, I think they say. That I've done, twenty five hundred plus programs, and I think that's about correct. But that doesn't include, but but that that doesn't include the times that I pitched in for other people. Um, when I first started, well, it's gonna be I'm I'm a first things first kind of guy, so I gotta so I gotta start with when I first started. Uh, when I first started, I was just it was just an experiment, really. I didn't have any idea what to expect. I didn't have any idea what I was doing. I didn't have any idea if anyone was listening. I didn't have any earthly idea about anything. Which I think, now I think about it, I really think that 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 put me at an advantage. Because I didn't have any preconceived ideas about what was going to be good what was going to be bad. I, I didn't have any pre preconceived ideas about anything. Um, who was going to listen, who wasn't going to listen, what I should be talking about, what I shouldn't be talking about. So it was cool. Seriously, it was fine. Um, and you can look back and you can still find, and, and this is something that later on we had to fight for a little bit with Blood Talk Radio, but we still have access to some of those programs. Um, because I think it's really important to have that legacy. But that's something else we'll talk about in a little bit. Anyway, um, I didn't start off being a political podcast. Started off being a con- just a sort of a social commentary uh, podcast where I would just look at things and go, what the hell did you, th- what did you expect? My I think my first show was called what You Expect to Happen? Um, it was a, um, there was an article in, uh one of one of the news sites on 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 the internet that said something about black teenagers black girl teenagers from the ages of like 13 to 19 had a lot of stds well i mean all the way from chlamydia all the way through full blown aids and and my thought and my thought was immediately that we've had this permissive society, you know, for the past 30 years that this is where that goes to, right? This is this is where that goes to. Now, of course, people it was interesting, you know, when I found out, I found out that people some people were going to agree with me and some people were going to disagree, disagree <laughs> with me vehemently. Okay. So that's kind of what you find out when you start doing opinion shows. Uh, my show I think there's always been an opinion, Joe, um, where there's a news thing, and then I commentate on it, and it's my opinion. Uh, I think that sometimes people forget that this is just my opinion, and I'm not forcing you by any stretch of the imagination to come over to my way of thinking, not by any stretch of the imagination. Not even a little bit, because what I do know is that some people are going to be cool with it, and some people are not that's what I'm sure of some people are going to some people i tell you know why I, I i I spout my opinion and they and they treat me like like somehow um it, it was it was from God's some from God, you know what it, 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 it was from the throne of God himself, and then some people treat me like I'm Beelzebub okay. So as time went on, and fairly a really a sh- fairly short amount of time, I, I did a, a few of those. Um, people were listening, and I didn't even know people were listening because I didn't even know that there was a chat room. This is this is how this is how new I was, and and, and it was and it probably it was probably cool that I didn't know. Again, I think I put myself at an advantage in my ignorance. Um, I didn't even know there was a chat room. I didn't even know that people were in it. I didn't even know how to even figure out if there was anybody listening live. I didn't. I didn't have, I didn't have any idea. Even now, other than opening the chat room, there's no way to to know if people are on the main board here. There's no way to know if if, if people are are listening live. I, you have to go to the chat um, and open that up, but. Sometime the flash doesn't work. As a matter of fact, um the theme song played really long today because uh Adobe Flash um on this Vivaldi browser didn't work all that well and I had to actually close the old window and open a new, open the new window, but that's sort of inside baseball stuff. But 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 in any case, so and I actually got some emails because I was giving out my email address and they said that I should try to be on this thing on Bull Talk Radio called Heading Right. Hmm. Okay. So I looked up Heading Right and at the time it was the, the, the executive um, editor of Heading Right Radio was a lady um, by the name of Elizabeth Blackney. Uh, her nickname, she went by Media Lizzie. And um, so I communicated with her and and asked her if I was a fit and if I was, I'd like to be involved in um, um, Heading Right Radio, here on Blood Talk Radio. And there was a Heading Left as well. Um, Alan Levy, who was the brainchild behind this format, had created Heading Left and Heading Right, leading into the 2008 presidential election. And it had been going on since before that, I think just in in the two thousand back in back up into two thousand seven. At the time, Ed Morrissey um, had been the executive editor, and then Elizabeth Blackney took over. I think that that's the history. Um, so I I bugged her a little bit and annoyed her a little bit, and she listened to the program, and she liked what, she liked you know what I, what I had said, and said sure, great. Now, uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Blackney, Elizabeth, I can talk. Elizabeth Blackney was not what we call a movement conservative. At the time, I didn't think I was either, to be honest with you. Um, she was a Republican girl, Bush girl, and um, thought that I had an interesting take on stuff. And before I know it, I was I was allowed to use the Heading Right radio brand that was part of the blog truck radio brand. Okay. So we did that for a while. And boy, I learned a lot. Because because, again, the show's got more political. And it got more about the presidential election. And it got more about Barack Obama. And it got more about um, John McCain. And it just got more political. And it just got, it got busier and busier. It just got busier and busier. Now, after the election of President Obama, um, Alan Levy thought this is like uh, about a year. Somebody who was around can correct me. um, Was I think was eight months to a year or so into the uh, into President Obama's presidency, uh, he put the um, he pulled the plug on heading right and heading left. Heading left, I understand, was run by the same people who did Air America. Air America was supposed to be the answer to L- Rush Limbaugh. Didn't really do all that well um, on terrestrial um, on Radio. And from what I understand, um, even here on this platform, Heading Right crushed them in, lead- in, in listenership. Now, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Um, it's because the, the people who, who supported Heading Left spent a lot of time listening and trolling heading right shows, heading right, he- heading right shows, um, which increased our listenership. <laughs> so as the numbers came out, we crushed them numbers wise. And very few of, of of people who were listening to heading right, decided to listen to heading, heading left shows and to troll them. There you go. Um, it's kind of funny. I learned I, again, as this process was going on, I learned. I learned about copyrighted material. I learned. I learned about how to, um, what to look for, how to get news stories. Um, and this is when Breitbart was basically uh, Breitbart.com was just a news source that had headlines. It was a lot like uh, the Drudge Report. And I tell you what. I, and before I learned about either of those, I tell you what I did. I would actually. This is how long it was. Eleven years ago. I would go out and buy newspapers every day. I bought a copy of my local newspaper. I bought a copy of USA Today. I bought bought a copy of the New York Times every day. And that's where I pull stories from to talk about on the radio. So I, I'm at my computer in my teaching studio where I teach saxophone, flute, and clarinet. And I've got newspaper Freaking everywhere, and I'm highlighting stories I want to talk about. Very few stories that I pull off the internet until until um, Media Lizzie hit me to um, the, the Drudge Report and to Breitbart.com because she knew she knew that's what I was doing because I told her that's what I was doing. I was buying newspapers every day. There was there was there was a local newsstand not far from. Where I, you know, I did the show, and I would go up there every day and grab newspapers and put them on my arm, and and then go over and then drive over to the uh, to my studio and, and prepare that way. It was crazy, it was, it was insane. But I tell you, I was, I, I fell in love with it so much that I was willing to invest that in myself every day, and invest that in the show, and I think it made a big difference. think it really helped me get up and get up and going. And I I think that it really helped um, what I was doing. And I think people who listened respected it. Because when I decided to do it every day, then I had to have new stuff every day. That's where I learned. The thing that I tell my podcast clients now, they ask me how to be successful. and I said, are you ready to do this every day? And then their hearts drop because my, my clients are basically not involved in, in media in, in any sense. They're involved in making widgets. They have a product or a service they sell. And that's where 99% of their effort is. And they just can't see where they will take not, some of that effort, some of that 99% effort and put it over to doing a daily podcast. They just can't get there, and it, and maybe it's and maybe that's why I've not had a lot of clients uh, because I'm I'm brutally honest with them. But in any case, I, I think that doing it every day and coming up with content, new content every day, was instrumental in the success of the program, not only on here on Wall Talk Radio and heading and hitting right, but with Google because it was every day, every day, every day, something different. Something I learned. Before I could talk about SEO and any of that stuff, I didn't even know what SEO was. Um, I know what it is now. It's search engine optimization. Thank you. But before I knew what that was, I didn't try to game the system. I just tried to put as much content out there as I could. And as as we're learning... We learned um, about trying to improve the sound quality of the broadcast, even even before um, Blog Talk Radio started dealing with improving its sound quality. Because we used to, I don't know if anybody's listening who, who remembers this, we used to use Skype. That's how you used to dial up through Skype. So you know that Skype sounds like ass, right? So because Skype sounds like ass, your podcast sounds like ass. So the most you could do is get as good a microphone as you could and if you could put a preamp on it so the sound that went into Skype was as good as possible, but it was it still sounded like ass. You know, one of the most disappointing things that has happened is that I listened that I watched a watch read a review of my podcast on iTunes and the person said um, in the review that that I had good subjects but the show was almost unlistenable to because of the audio quality. And it wasn't because of anything that I was doing on this side, it's because Ball Talk Radio forever used Skype as the way to get the audio to them. There was no direct um, connect. They used direct connect for a little bit and it and it worked and then they stopped it. Uh, and now it's a paid feature that you have gotta pay thirty nine dollars a month to use. Otherwise, you're back to Skype. And we know that Skype. Say it. Say it with me. Skype sucks. You're absolutely right. And um, in any case, so the so so I learned as time went by to do as do the best I can. Um, as a matter of fact, I had a mix. I had a eight channel mixer. No, I'm sorry, a twelve sixteen channel mixer hooked to my desktop computer. I had a very special sound card that I'd borrow from a friend of mine. Um Doing all sorts of stuff to improve the audio quality and try to make the show more interesting. It's funny. I started off small, went big as far as, as, far as the rig went, and now I'm back fairly small. Just have my laptop and my Blue Yeti. And the only thing that I have to have is my mouse. Cause that little that little pad there on the laptop I hate that so much i ha- I'm still a guy who has to have a mouse to pick things off the screen in any case um, so i mean we went through all the changes um about midway through all this I went to a um a local Trussell radio website um eight sixty w g u l and I saw that they had a thing on their website, host your own radio show. So by now I had done, I don't know, a thousand shows or so. And I was like, I was hooked, hooked, hooked. Can you say hooked? Hooked. Say it with me. Hooked. Come on. Say it with me. Hooked. Okay. You don't have to say it out loud. Just mouth it. Hooked. There you go. Um, so I clicked, so I clicked on it and did, did some investigation. And, um, ended up later later on, like that day or so, talking to the general manager of the radio station about having a show on his station. Now, again, ignorance this time ultimately didn't work for me. Not entirely, not ultimately. In the beginning, the ignorance worked for me. He said, let's get you on. And I said, and he asked me what I had done. And I told him that I had done this. And, you know, this ball talk radio thing. And I kind of had to explain it to him. And I and I gave him the, uh, the link. I emailed him the link um, to the program. And he saw that at that point that I was doing two hours a day of political talk every day. Every day. Five days a week. So I gave him the link. And I'm telling you, I was at work, and I'd gone outside. I think I just went outside to walk a little bit, uh, walk around the parking lot, and my phone rings, and it's the general manager of the radio station. And he said, how often do you do do your show? And I said, I do it every day, um, five days a week for a couple of hours. He was like, I can't believe it, because normally people go to him who've been podcasting, and they do a weekly show, right? And I guess for those of you who do weekly shows, that's fine. Do what you do. Do it how you do it. But just flip and do it, as far as I'm concerned now. Um, But he was like, are you kidding me? You have all this content. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And I sort of told him my process, that I I went bought newspapers, and I started, and now I I, I use Drudge and, and Breitbart. And that's how I get my story. I don't have a crew. I don't have a a research staff. It's just me. And then again, for for those who who, who listen and, and disagree with me because I haven't researched this or that, haven't read this or that, folks, it's just me. It's just me. And these podcasts aren't college classes. It's just me, in my opinion. Some people will like my opinion. Some will nod. I'm not everybody's cup of tea. And guess what? I don't want to be. I'm not trying to be. And you shouldn't try to be either. People will either like what you do or won't, excuse me, or won't like what you do. Be authentic. Be your authentic self. They will either like the way you talk or dislike the way you talk. They will either like that you have a smooth Resonant voice like mine. Or you sound like this. And if this is how you sound. This is how you sound. That's all there is to it. If you don't sound like this. Because that's not your voice. Then. Okay. If this is how you sound. Because this is your voice. Be your authentic self. I learned early. Stop using Mr. Radio or Mr. Announcer voice. Just talk. So people say all the people people tell me all the time, God, oh, you have such a great voice for radio. And I tell them all the time, this is just my voice. This is the voice that comes out of my head all the time. Now, in my head, it's a lot more it's a lot more smooth and resonant than it actually is in you know what, in life. On the outside of my head, because it's, you know, your heads a a great reverberation chamber and your voice sounds a lot smoother inside your head than it does out outside. But it's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, but in any case. So he said to me, um, I got to get you on. And I said, cool. So he said, well, when can we meet? okay, so i go I go over to the radio station and I sit with him and the um the sales manager who who's become the general manager um, since then and this is when I learned about what a brokered radio program is um for for those of you who don't know, it's pay to play. you can have an hour show. At some time slot that they pick for some price per program, and the price per per, per program can range from anywhere, uh, depending on the market, depending on the on the day part, from two hundred to five hundred, and in some cases uh, eight hundred dollars per program. Now, here's what they'll tell you. They'll tell you that you can always get that, that very few people pay for it out pay for it themselves. Most people get an advertiser. Get a sponsor. And they tell you it should be easy to get a sponsor. Ask your friends, ask some local businesses to sponsor you. <laughs> Here, here's what they don't tell you. That the local business local business people are smarter than you are. And may ask questions that you can't answer. Most, and, and this is important, if you're a podcaster and you're thinking about brokered radio. This is so important. If you're not listening to anything I've said thus far, listen to this. Please, listen to this. Most of the stations, not all, but most of the stations that offer brokered radio programs do not buy the ratings book. The, ra- the radio ratings book is a service that the company that owns radio station has to actually purchase, a service they have to actually purchase in order to get data, in order to have data. About where their programs are compared to other programs in the market now what average, what what business people know that you don't know when you go to them is they know what questions to ask they know they they, they the first thing they ask is how many listeners do you have and do you know what you don't <clears throat> and especially if your program is new. You know how many listeners you have? 0. 0. And then they they may and if they're really savvy, they'll ask you, "Well, who does what do your what does your show follow?" And if your show follows an infomercial, I think my show followed an infomercial or follows a um a rebroadcast of a national program, and on a Saturday afternoon, it'll be one of those two things. You've got zero lead into your program. Zero. You have no listeners, and you have zero people listen, who, who've listened to a program before yours who are going to stay to listen to you. You've got zero. Okay? I mean, and, and that's what they want to know. And then they want to know where your listeners, and then they may want to know, so where are your listeners so that you have none, where are they? What's the reach? They ask it in, in, a, in a clumsy way. They ask, what's the reach of the station? Well, you might know that. You might have a map where the the reach of the station is. You might have that. But, of course, that doesn't mean that every person who lives in that area is tuned in at 5 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon to listen to Yo Dumbass. As a matter of fact, that means that that all that really shows you is that most of those people who live in that area are not listening to Yo Dumbass at 5 o'clock on a Saturday. All these people here who live here, none of these people are listening. This is where my voice could could be heard, but none of these people are listening. This is what they don't tell you when they say to you, yeah, you can just get, a, you 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 should just get a couple of advertisers, you should be okay. I think my show was four hundred dollars a week, which made it sixteen hundred dollars a month, and they make you sign like a year contract. This is where my ignorance, that had served me so well, let me down. Because they made it sound so easy Now In the back of my head Yes, I was thinking Well, hell Why don't they Just Because they're a radio station With a a sales staff Why don't they just get me a sponsor Why, Why don't they just get me a sponsor For this day part They want me to do this They think I can Why don't they get a sponsor Sponsor the show And I can just do it and I don't, I don't have to worry about that. Well, that's not how broker radio works because they want to keep their they want to keep their their sales staffs selling the day parts for their big money shows. Not your dumbass little little Saturday afternoon at five o'clock. Ain't nobody listening to AM radio then anyway kind of show. And they just soon get that money from you. And not have to bother the sales staff on it, so their sales staff can can concentrate on on important stuff. You know what I'm saying? So my advice to you: now you can now you can do whatever you want, and you will because that's how you, that's how you all do it. You can do whatever the hell you want. Is to avoid brokered radio programming. Avoid it like the plague. Don't freaking do it. Don't do it. It is fun. I'm going to tell you, it's cool. And I had a great time. 22 weeks. 22 weeks of the 52 weeks I signed up for. And I'll tell you how it ended. I knew that I was, I was in the arrears to the, to the radio station. And actually a couple of weeks in a row, I came in. As soon as I was done, I ducked out before the producer could ask me about getting a check. And the third week, because the producer of the program who worked for the radio station ended up being a friend, good guy. Love this guy to, the, I mean, to this day. Um, I didn't want to avoid him anymore. But I kind of put him in a crappy position. So I came in and said, this is the last... I came in and told him. This is the last show. I didn't call. I said this is the last show. And on the air, I said, "Thank you so much. This has been a gas. I love y'all." Because because then I I then I'd start I started building a little after 22 weeks I started building a, a listenership, and because I, I had and I knew that because I had callers and the like, we were telling me about it. And I said, "This is my last show." Uh, I can't afford, and basically, I told him I can't afford to keep doing this. I cannot afford to keep doing this. Um, so, thank you. And I did the show, and I left. And Monday morning, my phone rang, and it was the new GM, which wasn't my first GM. It was the new GM, mad at me. Actually, it was the no, it wasn't the GM. It was the um. The person who was in charge of the sta- of the station called me mad at me because I didn't talk to them before I ended the show. And then they were like, Nope, oh, it's too it's too late. You can't go back. And I said, Well, I can come back and do a show Saturday if you want. If you mean if you want to work this out, I can come back and do a show Saturday. But they looked at they looked at how much money I owed them, I think, and they decided Nope, nope, there's nothing to do. You've already said on the air you can't that I mean it was like no take backs. I was like, What I mean? My listenership would have gone, Oh, okay, well something good happened, right? Could have played that off. Not a problem. But they weren't interested. So the only thing they were interested in was their money. And I think that it turned out I ended up owing about five thousand dollars. Which unfortunately I still owe them. Not proud about that debt, but it is. It is what it is, which is why I'm telling you don't do it. You ain't got time to lead your life five days a week or six days a week that you work. Learn to sell advertising for one hour a day at five o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday to sell enough advertising to maintain that any length of time. Or with any regularity. It's an impossible sale. Absolutely impossible sale. So don't do it. But one thing that I was proud of is that or I'm happy that I did. I did never I did not ever leave the I did never I never let podcasting. I would do that program on Saturday, the terrestrial program on Saturday. I didn't get the big head about it. But I would, and I would do my regular podcast every day, just like I'd been doing it. And if you're asking that, did I have any crossover? No, because it was really before we were broadcasting to the internet as well. Like a lot of trust radio shows now are broadcasting to the internet as well. Um, and I had, and I did get a recording and put up some and 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 if you look through the archives here you will see that some of the recordings are from uh, my, um my 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 trust radio program that I had for 22 weeks appropriately named the Willie Lawson show <laughs> and those those recordings i think number numbers wise didn't do any better than actually they did less thus well than my regular podcast numbers, most of them did less well. So, if you're thinking about brokered radio programming, you think you can do it well, don't. Just friggin' don't. Just don't do it. Um, this. This entity that I've done here on on Wall Talk Radio, um, we've taken on the road. We did the Republican National Convention. We did Radio Row. We raised money. I begged people. I did GoFundMes. Um, people, People gladly gave so we could have an independent voice that wasn't connected to a big radio station or a big TV station. They're on Radio Row at the Republican National Convention that was held here in Tampa, Florida. And we did that. 2012, yeah, um, that was cool. I think that project was less than a thousand dollars, seven hundred fifty dollars, something like that. Uh, but I beg for the money here every day, every day. I beg for the money, and it came in. People helped, and I am eternally grateful. I think I wait a minute. I think I, I, I had to put in the last two hundred bucks myself, but. It's okay. People helped, and because they had put in money, I had to make sure that it happened. Obviously, people people give to something like that. You have to make sure it happens. So I think I put it put at the last minute, put the extra two hundred bucks in myself, and um, I invested in what I was doing, and you should too. At some level, you should invest in what you're doing. So I did, and that year we did the Republican National Convention. We also went to presidency five, which was the presidential um, debate in Orlando, where they also had on that Friday, CPAC, Florida, where, where CPAC was rolling out these um, regional events. And we were at Radio Row there. That's where I met my friend, Ed Dean. And I, I saw S-E, S-E, um, you know, you know what her name is? S E, whatever, Remember? Yeah, I saw her too. Yeah, gorgeous. Um, So we, you know, we went there and we did some other on the, we did some other um, remotes where I kind of learned what to take and how to do a remote. Uh, Again, I learned a lot. That's why I learned to go small. That's where I learned to go small. So it was cool. It was cool. And um, in 2014, fast forward 2014, uh, where I had triple bypass surgery uh, early in the year, like January in the year, and I basically was off any radio all of January, basically, uh, most of February. And it's because, um, quite frankly, I was too tired to sit here and sit up. It took too much energy. I hadn't researched anything, and when I listened to some of those broadcasts, it sounded like I'd had a stroke. I was still struggling with talking correctly. As a matter of fact, when I got out of surgery, one of the things they were concerned with is that I had possibly had a stroke during this, during surgery, and I was really having trouble speaking clearly, so um, they were so it took a while to get back. Behind the microphone and do this, especially do this for like 45 minutes or an hour every day. And so I had to back off the schedule. The two hours a day every day had to stop, um, and it did. Now with that, unfortunately, came a uh, "you're out of sight, out of mind" kind of kind of thing. You you were gone for a month and a half, and and then three months really without the same intensity. The audience dropped off. There were other folks or other folks in the space, in the space, explore the space, right? And now it's been, I'll, I'll tell you honestly, since then, since 2014, it's been kind of a struggle to get back to where we are and, and we're not doing two hours every day and we've sort of diversified what I do. I, I still do the political podcast, um, on ball talk radio, but I do, um, a human interest podcast on Spreaker called Talking With, where I talk with community leaders and moves and shakers and entrepreneurs, business people, governmental people. Uh, I, I, I do that. I, I've experimented with sports. Uh, Although I love sports, um, it's a lot to do. It's, it's, it's worse than politics because the, the landscape is changing so quickly and there's so much to know. Uh, and there's so much to know that you have to decide that you're going to be really niched, niched, So when I say niche, niche, for those of you who are looking to cover sports, it's probably best to cover your team in your town and one team in your town. So if you're in um, Toronto, Canada, cover the Toronto Argonauts, find out everything you can find out about the Toronto Argonauts and just do that. And when I first started thinking about covering um, sports, I wanted to get a press pass. Um, To cover the Buccaneers. Now, I had a press pass to the the Republican National Convention. Um, I had passed all the security checks to do that. However, when I contacted the Buccaneers, what they told me was that they didn't give out press credentials to bloggers. How crazy does does that sound now? Now, this was probably five or six years ago. Now, how crazy does that sound? Now, they don't get we don't give press credentials to bloggers. Hmm. And they were really quick about telling me I didn't have to wait six weeks. The email, I mean, the return email came probably in two days. It was like, and in my head I'm thinking, really? How could you be that far behind? So I kind of dropped it. So the sports thing for me has been on or off. I've had the benefit over time of some, some sponsorship to the program from different sources. My friends at, um, I'm going to play one of the commercials that I did for my friends at Red river, Red river And while it's playing, I'm going to get something to drink. Listen, um, this show would not be possible if it weren't for our affiliate partners, if it wasn't for people like Gary Knight at New Homes Tampa Bay, if it weren't like Kevin Batts at the RedRiverChronicle dot com, so um, it is um, getting near the end of the month. So let's talk about the uh, Red River Chronicle. The Red River Chronicle is a um, is, is, is a website that is full of fantastic. Conservative articles, conservative um, educational tools. I think that that's the coolest thing. I spent 15 years in the public teaching in the public school system, and um, you know what? These educational tools are something that that, that, that you can use yourself, that you can use in, in in a classroom setting, that you can direct students to, sort of on the sly, because it's. Frankly, I think the the battle is just like that. If you are a, if you're working in the um the public school system and you're in a um social studies classroom, I use social studies because it's the easiest transition. And somebody and a student comes to you and says, "Where do I learn more about conservatives?" Well, the very first place you should send them is not townhall.com. Is not um, the Wrestling Ball site or, or, or even the Willie Lawson show um, necessarily. You need to send them right to the Red River Chronicle.com. Articles written in a scholarly way, um, primarily um, information about Oklahoma and Texas, but, but, but from a very conservative standpoint. And, you know what, Kevin Batts is black. So that helps your students because that throws away and destroys the left's picture of who's supposed to be conservative. So you can also, on that site, um, that that student will have access to um, Hillsdale College lectures, which I think are invaluable. Absolutely invaluable. And there's also an app that they can purchase i did is it's all of 99 cent i purchased it it keeps you up to date with what's going on on the red river website that's the red river website um the finest finest in conservative information and education There you go. Yeah, those are some folks, um Kevin um Batts and his wife, for as long as they can, I think they were paying me like fifty bucks a month to run that spot. And I'm telling you, the fifty bucks a month came in handy. As a matter of fact, it paid for a month of Block Talk Radio. So it so it, it it was more than just handy, it was it was um, was vital. it was completely necessary to continue the thing. but they as as their life changed and evolved and did stuff, and they were do and they were trying themselves to create a platform for themselves and their and their thing, uh, moving from just their simple blog to um, doing video and the like. they couldn't send the $50 every month and I didn't have them on a contract or anything. they just did it out of the goodness of their heart. Which is when you do a podcast, that's what you're going to get. Mostly you're going to get people who are trying to help. Now, what I have done, what I have done is that because of that, I have take, I have done spots for people who are, who've been good to me in my life. And tried to help them because I believe in the law of sowing and reaping. And that's why I did this spot right here. Are you looking for a reliable transportation, but you don't have a bunch of money? Are you wary of used car types? And you should be. You just need a car you can afford and a dealer you can trust. Great news. Good Guy Cars is here. John Desbrow is something you don't find every day. An honest used car dealer. Good Guy Cars is at 8412 Industrial Boulevard in Tampa, Florida. The phone number is 813 999 -999 9992. That's 813 999 -999 9992. The web address is www.goodguycars.com. There you go. And I, because John has helped me. Um, he own, he actually owns a print shop as well. And he's helped me with some printing needs when I was running for office. Um, so, I, I mean, the guy's always been good to me. And when I needed a car for my son and we said, we got about $4,000 to spend and not really anything more than that. Um, basically directed me towards a vehicle um, that was going to do exactly what we needed to do. And it's been fine. It's been awesome. So, uh, I mean, I got I, got, I love John. Uh, he did a really good job. I could trust him. is wonderful, and because and because of that, um, I would do. I mean, even, even after paying them his money, uh, to do whatever we could to help him out. And if that little spot sends one person from the local area to the car lot if it sends one person local per person to the car lot to buy a car then that's that's something that that's something that he that he didn't have to pay for he didn't have to pay for that lead and um, if he closes them super I'm a customer uh, and he made the experience easy and wonderful and great um, cuz it's not what he does full time he's a printer full time and, and he's a friend of mine, so I try to help him. And I have another friend who owns a flower shop, um, Christine Vasconcello at Bloomingdale's flower, flower flower Shop, and I, I run spots for her too, although they don't pay me. So I believe in, this, in the law of sowing and reaping. And we have been blessed that we were able to continue doing the show. Um, where are we now? Um, we are still not doing a show every day for two, two hours. Um, we do, I think we do one hitters where there is something that pops up that sparks me and I can do 45 minutes on. And that's about every other day or so. Um, so we're not pushing out the volume of content that we were before, but I think that the audio quality is better. And I think the quality of the programs are better. Um, are still very good anyway. We're just not really pushing the the volume that we used to push. I mean, that we used to push. So it's harder and it's harder and harder to ask people to pitch in when you're just not doing it every when you're not doing it every day. And um, so this is what I did. I've done instead. I have written a um, an ebook on podcasting. And that's why I put this on a podcasting label here on Ball well Talk Radio. I've written an ebook. And, and the name of the ebook is um, Do You Need a Podcast? And you can get it for free if you click the link. the link that's here in the show notes. Uh, it's W it's Willie Lawson.sells, S-E-L-Z.com. Willie Lawson dot S E L Z dot com, and you can sh- you can get that ebook for free. And um, hopefully, if you have any, if you have any questions, you can see me an email at at w l s eight six zero at, um, at gmail dot com, or you can um, find me on Instagram at power podcasting, or you can find me on Instagram at fightback media, or on Facebook at power podcasting. So if you have any questions that's what we want to talk about today all right we're going to get out of here and make room for somebody else so until we see you again go out there and learn something love somebody and for goodness sakes and i mean this from the bottom of my heart y'all take care of yourself we'll see you when we see you bye-bye now